Hello and welcome to episode 762 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, December 19th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's going on? Ho, ho, ho. Moaner. Oh, moaner is what you are. Yeah, I am. Congratulations. Good. Well, as, as long as everything goes. We are in the process. Yeah, as long yes. as everything goes Not as planned. Fully locked and loaded. Not fully locked and loaded. But the process is very much underway. That's awesome. Um, hot stove continues to uh, percolate. And we got a special topic today that I'm actually excited about. In the spirit of the holiday season and gifts and what have you, figure we'll we'll try to be bright and cheery and find some players who are going to be gifts late in the draft looking at basically outside of the top 10 rounds pick 150 or later we're going to come up with a group of players that could become superstars next year so they're going to you know return top three round value type of deal they're going to be awesome they're going to be way above their draft value and then keeping in the spirit of at least christmas we'll have one lump of coal uh, a, a top two rounder who's just, it's not going to work. And it's not going to be an injury prediction. It's going to be a performance fall off here that we're predicting. But since the hot stove is percolating, we do still have some moves we're going to get into. One thing right off the top, Eric Loggenhagen wrote a great piece on uh, a group of the players coming back from Asia or over from Asia, back being like Josh Lindblom and then a bunch of new players coming over. Since you and I are not strong in that field, I'm going to refer you to that page. Also, Tim McLeod, the wonderful Tim McLeod. Uh, follow him and and read his stuff about it. He's always locked into what's going on in the uh, Asian leagues. And so we're just going to defer there at this point. Otherwise, we're just regurgitating what other people are saying. Exactly. Sound good? Yeah, yeah. That's, okay. I mean, there, there's a lot of people in this industry that are really on top of them. Tim, you know, being guy I, I look to first. Yes, uh, always. You know, and so I, I don't, I don't, I can't do the kind of analysis of those players that they can. So I'll let them. Do I don't it. have the bandwidth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, so I, I don't want to tread on on what they do well. Uh, so Logan Hagen, great piece on it. Tim McLeod, gonna get you more info and probably tell you who's next too. Always willing to share his info. That's one thing I love about AFL. Every time I go out there, tidbit on somebody who's coming next. Uh, and I, I love it. He actually tipped me off on Miles Michaelis well before he got any buzz. So uh, I defer to those gentlemen there. Let's get into the moves. Madison Bumgarner stays in the division, leaves the Giants, and goes to Arizona. Let me ask you a question seriously. As a Giants fan, did you want them to re-sign him? As a Giants fan, yes. I mean, it's going to be an ugly few years. It, it'd be nice to have some reason to go to the ballpark. Uh you know, <laughs> so uh, yeah. As a Giants fan, True. True. it's it's gonna be ugly, and so you know, I mean, Posey is a has been a shell of his former self, uh, and I mean, I don't necessarily know that uh, uh, that he's gonna be able to turn that around. Uh, I think th- there's not a whole lot of bright prospects necessarily right on the cusp. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. You got Bart, Luciano, and, and Ramos on the you know coming, but Bart might be the only one that reaches this well, year. Well, he like broke his thumb at AFL, so oh, that's so right. That could that's right. Set so him the, back. Like I ranked him in my yeah. catcher ranks, uh, but it was like it's just because it gets so ugly. You might as well just take a shot at the side. You got that Cozart, dude. What are you crying yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. So that Cozart and uh, Logan Weber drawn yet. So okay, I get it from a strictly fan perspective. 
And once we learn the terms, 585. That's the part. That I'm not even me. sure that that's. I'm not even sure that that's terribly cumbersome, even for a rebuilding team like this, to where they could almost have this luxury item. You can't tell of, me the Giants weren't going to make 17 million dollars a year for the next five years off of the Bumgarner, you know, marketing. Dude, like, they just right? they can't tell I, me that that's a bad contract so that somehow prohibits your team from doing other things. It just it makes no. absolutely no sense. The the rationale is ridiculous. Uh that being said, I'm just glad he didn't go to the Dodgers. Like that that yeah, to me that as a fan is yeah, is is the biggest issue is he didn't go to the Dodgers. I mean, don't get me wrong, Diamondbacks are in the division, but they're like, you know, but they're not hated yeah, like, the they're way. They're the stepbrother of the division. Like, yeah, I was gonna say that's a, that's a baby brother type of thing. Hopefully, Bogman. You can't have big yeah, brother. Bogman the Welsh, you're listening, because yeah, we we don't take them that seriously. But um, and nobody takes y'all seriously right now. Yeah, so no, that, that's, no, that's where we're, at. we're that but, we're that older brother that uh, used to be the star. You know the Uncle Rico of uh, of the NL West, where like we can we can hey, show off the hardware. Tigers fans know what's up there. Yeah, dude. yeah. T- well, you guys have the hardware. We just talk about what could have mm, been. Yeah, we're we're truly the Uncle Rico. We say we could have thrown it over those mountains there. <laughs> uh, you, you're a more established uncle mm-hmm. that actually had. You're Al Bundy. Remember when mm. you scored four touchdowns yeah, yeah, Polk at Polk High yeah. uh, when you won when you won three World Series. So. You guys got that. Uh, Tigers fans are just uh, wallowing in misery. But now let's talk about it from the fantasy angle. He goes there. We mentioned the term, which we don't usually get into the actual dollars and cents because it very rarely matters. In this particular instance, it matters on two fronts. One, the overall deal I thought was really sharp. And when you put it in concert with the Granky deal, so what they've done with those two deals, it's really smart. They basically got a pitcher who's five years younger, Arguably the same or better in terms of talent and a host, host of prospects for an extra, you know, for the money that they were going to be giving him plus an extra 35 mil because it's 20 mil. It's 15 uh, more than the 70 he was going to make, Grinky, and then 20 that they are paying to the Astros for Grinky's deal. So for 35 million over what they were going to play, get Grinky, they switched from Grinky to Bumgarner. And got four prospects. That's a hell of a play. And by the way, get three more extra years of performance. So I thought it was a brilliant move when you look at those two moves together for the Diamondbacks. It's amazing to see how far the organization of the Diamondbacks has come because it wasn't that long ago where we were like, this is the dumbest organization in in that was when Dave Stewart yeah. was in charge. So yep. I mean, they've really come a long way by by shifting some pieces in that front office. Uh, I mean, I love it from them and from a fantasy aspect. Uh, I think it's a very interesting deal. I know a lot of people have been on Twitter the last week or so, kind of uh, shitting on Bumgarner and, and, and shitting on you know the deal. I I, I think he. I don't get that. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it from a certain perspective. You know, one of the things that made Bumgarner so valuable as a fantasy commodity was you knew you were getting 200 innings from him every year. I mean, he had 200 innings from 2011 uh, through 2016, and there were 200 quality innings uh, in terms of, you know, sub-3 RAs uh, usually, uh, you know, strikeout an inning. Uh, So, and and then you had the injuries. The thing is, they, they weren't like, you know, real pitching injuries. They were fluke stuff. They were off the field yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, or, or the comebacker that hit his, you know, hand and stuff. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, 
and and if you watched him, I was very down on him the last two years. If you watched his second half last year, I was very very impressed by him. It was the best he's looked since he had that uh, four railing injury. So uh, to me, I think getting to go to Chase Field uh, and having Humidor there, I think will help a little bit. Uh, I think the industry as a whole is down on him, so I don't think he's necessarily going to be very expensive. Currently going as uh, the 115th player overall, uh, I think that's a very fair price. I mean, he's in an interesting area with uh, Luzardo and Montas. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of, do you want ceiling or do you want floor at that point? Because I'll, I'll take Bumgarner's floor. the two, though. Mm-hmm. I could take Bumgarner with one of those Oakland A's, to be quite honest, and and feel comfortable about that. And I know a lot of people are citing the home road splits. He had 293 at home, 529 on the road. But if you look at the core skills, they really weren't all that different. The home run rate was was really the big difference. And San Francisco, uh, uh, Chase Field is not Oracle Park, but it is helpful. You mentioned the humidor. It has played more pitcher-friendly uh, in recent years here. And so I don't know. I, I think this is uh, this is a solid move and I, I like it. I think it's a good supporting team here uh, with the uh, with the D-backs. And we're back on the 200, uh, 200 inning trail, at least with last year. I think we'll continue to be at least in the 180 inning trail, although he's only going to be 30. That's another thing about Bumgarner. Everyone acts like he's super old because he's been around for so long. I think it, it creates this perception that there were so many people – being shocked to learn that oh he's oh he's only gonna be 30 this year i thought he was 33 i thought he was 35 so you know i do wish that it was a little bit cheaper compared to the market perception like if you had told me if i if you didn't tell me the adp and you said well where where do you think he is i would have said outside the top 40 pitchers uh, just because of the way he's talked about but he's at 38 so it's, it's right it's right about where where i'm thinking and that includes closers a handful of them, so about the thirty-fifth uh, to thirty-fourth starter. That seems about right. I- I'll buy. Yeah, it. yeah, I'll I'll buy. It. It's a perfectly fair price. It's not an overwhelming discount, and it's certainly not a surcharge. If, if so uh, I like Bumgarner to the top. If back. you're a spin rate guy, he had the largest gain in spin rate of any major league pitcher last year. There you go. And as you mentioned, got better as the season mm-hmm. went along. Really seemed to. Uh, feel good again. Hit, hit so Bumgarner, like you know, we talk about the difference between command and control, you know, being able to hit your spots within the zone. Uh, that really improved as the season went on. We kind of saw the old Bumgarner back. And, and Bumgarner's mechanics are not conducive to injury. Now, every pitcher has risk just by virtue of being a pitcher. He does not add risk to that. Uh, he has just the standard pitcher risk. So uh, I like that, too. And what did I text right to our group right when the move happened? I said, it's going to be a guy that we constantly want to be a year early jumping off of, and then he's just going to keep plugging away. And so um, I'm in. I was in this year on Bumgarner. I'll be in the, uh, again in 2020 um, if on, on some teams for sure. I'm not, I'm not going to go empty-handed on the Bumgarner train. All right, Milwaukee's been very busy now. Um They've made four moves. Avisal Garcia, Ryan Healy, Justin Smoke, and Eric Sogard. Those are kind of ranked, I think, top to bottom in terms of I think I think the Avisal Garcia move stands out above the other three by far. But uh, you know, they're approaching this with depth as opposed to uh, a premium bat to come in and fill in. And frankly, I kind of like what they're doing. Uh, are we I, not I think it talk makes about a lot Brett of sense. Anderson? Oh, I guess they got Brad Anderson too. Jeez, I missed that one. <laughs> so yeah, they've been very busy 
lately. You know, Brett Anderson had a sneaky good year he last did, year. But, I mean, if that is – what has been the one weakness of the Brewers for the last few years? Pitching. It's the starting rotation. And their main additions this year are Brett Anderson and Lynn Bloom. And we both love Rick but, Woodruff. And Hauser's an interesting but, but guy. But what does it hurt them? What does it hurt them? I don't they, just, they've succeeded despite that. I know, but it just doesn't make you better. Like, and isn't the point if you're going to go out and get guys to make you better? Um, or to keep you status quo, at least. I, I don't know. They're looking to get innings. And um, obviously, Brett Anderson is not a, a lockdown for innings. But they've got Woodruff, Hauser, Anderson, Lindblom, and Lauer right now is their, is their top five. They still have Corbin Burns looming, somebody that uh, we talked about coming into this this year, this 2020, or excuse me, 2019. And I don't know, maybe they could make uh, maybe at least one more move uh, of the small variety. I, I don't know. For some reason, they don't prioritize starting pitching. They've really shown that that's not going to be their top uh, their 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 top focus. I understand what you're saying, but as long as they keep a quality bullpen intact. Then I don't know that it's necessarily something that's going to hurt like, these uh, just, uh, these brewers. To me, I just don't understand. Like it, they could afford that Bumgarner contract. Like even if if you want to buy into this, but what if he didn't? He didn't want to go there necessarily. He he want he he was eager to go to the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I, like he wanted to go to the Diamondbacks. I don't I, I don't understand how a team with World Series aspirations head in, heads into a season with this kind of rotation. It's just. Uh, just, dis- I mean, it's got to be disappointing for their fans. Yeah. Again, I just, uh, I don't know that you necessarily rotation is not first and foremost on what they do, and so as long as their bullpen is is clicking, I think they'll be all right. But let's focus on the moves they have made here. This uh, Avasal Garcia move, uh, he had a really strong year in Tampa Bay. Uh, I think he's going to ensure that Ryan Braun spends the bulk of his time at first base now. Of course, the uh, Justin Smoke move means that. They have another first baseman there. So um, looking at it here. See, at Ross Resource, we put Avisal Garcia on the bench. I, I just don't see that. Oh, they they didn't sign him to be on the bench. I think Braun is first over Smoke, and Smoke is the one who kind of mixes in now. But, um, you know, they've got a deep team of hitters. There's definitely some, you know, they're piecing it together. These are more some some platoons. So when you look at it individually, you're like not that enamored with it. But Sogard plus Healy could certainly work. Braun and Smoke at first works. Avi Garcia, Ben Gamble spelling him. I, I don't know. I think all that works. Um, what do you think of Garcia though? Again, he's the best of this bunch. Coming off a nice year with the uh, with the Rays. Is he somebody that you buy as a as a you know, solid uh, mid outfielder, premium asset there. I I think you couldn't have really asked for a better landing spot for Garcia. Uh, True. I, you know, this is a team that likes to steal. His ADP is currently two eighty, uh, which seems weirdly low. This is a guy that gets no respect. No, he doesn't I mean, because yeah. he got that silly Miggy mm-hmm. comp coming up because he he literally looked like him. That's it. Like body and face nothing else and so the fact that he hasn't become miggy it's like oh well he sucks then it's like no he doesn't and he's he's actually uh interestingly fast so that's why he brought up the speed has developed some punch uh took took a big step with his power the last uh few years and has always had not always excuse me but for the two of the last three years has had really strong batting average 
Um, and, he, and he runs a high Babbitt, but part of that is because of his speed and the way he hits. At some point, I think we have to give Avisal Garcia some Babbitt love because of the, what he's been able to do there. So can he go? Okay, I guess playing time is what's going to matter here because if they run a, they're not going to run a straight platoon with him, no. I don't think. I think he's going to get some, some run against righties. But can he be... I don't know. Can he be like a 25-15 kind of guy? That was literally the numbers in my head I was thinking. Hey, like, that's that's pretty nice, man. If he hits 280 with it. Yeah, I think he's you got to got to give him a kind of some upside for uh playing in Miller Park now. Uh pitchers mm-hmm. won't have seen him uh as much. So easier division. Central is not bad, but it's not the AL East. Mm-hmm. And it's uh a team that likes to push it on the base paths. Uh, I, I mean, I think the big concern with him is health. We've had a number of seasons where he's been injured on and off the field. I mean, he hasn't played in 140 games uh, since Certainly. 2015. So I don't think it's necessarily playing time. I think it, signing him to this contract means that they're going to give him full run. So the idea that he would start on the bench, uh, I, I think – what this does is give the team a ton of flexibility. They've got a number of guys who can play a number of different positions, uh, and there and guys who are injured, you know, fairly regularly. Lorenzo yep. Cain, Braun, uh, Smokes had injuries. Uh, so I mean, and Garcia's had his own injuries. So I mean, this is a lot of depth just to cover themselves in case there are injuries. Uh, I I would probably project him at like a hundred and forty games. Uh, maybe 130, and say I'll take that. Yeah, say like I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say like he duplicates last year's stat line as kind of uh, his floor. And okay. I think there's so uh, 20 and 10. I think there's obvious room for upside if he can stay on the field. You know, the one downside is there's no DH in the NL, so he's not gonna get those days where he doesn't have to play the field and can kind of you know and and go DH. So. Uh, he's gonna yeah. have to play every day. He's not a good defensive player, um, so th- there'll be games where he's taken out late. I don't know what their, um, you know, we we know like pitching coach, hitting coach. We never really know about like defensive coach. I think there's some raw defensive skills there, and I don't know if they have any sort of defensive coaching in place that could maximize those. But with Avisal Garcia's speed that we talk about, I think he even has a pretty decent arm, but he's pretty raw out there. He can make some he's not uh, pretty routes, terrible yeah. misplays. Yeah, yeah, where you're like, come on, man. Like, you should have you should have made a better play there. I, again, I don't know what, uh, what Milwaukee has to offer, but there is a path to improving his defense uh, going into his age 29 season with – with work. 90th so we'll percentile on sprint speed. Super fast, dude. Yeah. I mean, super, not a guy you would fast think is, yeah. is a no. burner, but uh, it'd be it's interesting big. to see if they let him run uh, because he is so fast. He, he, he could have been on our list of potential superstars. You can yeah. craft a season where you wouldn't be surprised if he was like 30 20. With mm-hmm. a with a big BABIP and thus a big batting average, he's not on our list, but that would that would have been an interesting type of guy. You don't know him. Uh, all right, is. let's move over to wait. I, you're you're right. I don't. He's, he's we could not be on the list, getting but, back to Avi. Yeah. Right. Oh, see, I knew it. I knew it. Uh, Wade Miley to Cincy, staying in the Central here. Quality fifth starter move. Uh, he was actually having a brilliant season before September. You know how some people are lobbying for fantasy to end after uh, <laughs> August thirty first. 
If that had happened for Wade Miley, he'd be, he would have been a damn near ace. Had a 306 ERA through the five months. He was great. Then two of the literal worst starts of the year. Not not just for him, for anybody. Because he went a third of an inning in two starts combined and allowed 12 runs. And, I mean, it just, it really hurt him. It, ra- it raises ERA from 306 to 374. That's hard to do in two starts in September. That's really hard to do. <laughs> that, that's back, like literally ruining your, your season, if you, especially if you're in a yeah. head-to-head league with playoffs and things oh, like that. Sure, that's... dude. I mean, because you were relying on him in all formats mm-hmm. pretty much all the time at that point for Wade Miley. Like, he had really proven strong. And I, I guarantee there's some folks out there whose season – was ended by Wade Miley, well, especially because some, um, yeah, some of them were like starts, like like home versus Seattle. Yeah, you were, even home, even versus, home Oakland versus Oakland and home versus the the Angels. Like you were thinking, uh, this was gonna be a nice guy to stream the rest of the way, or or you not even stream, use the rest of the way, and he him. just murdered you. Yeah, it's tough, and apparently. They uncovered some uh, pitch tipping stuff late in the season there that was uh, fueling those those brutal starts. Someone borrowed but again, the uh, Astros starter, garbage can. Exactly, and they 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 started using it for their own good there, and and figured out some things. He looks like he slots into the fifth starter spot. Tyler Molly uh, take a hike, but he's a good. That's a good sixth starter, by mm-hmm. the way. That that's nice to have as a as a sixth guy. So um, yeah, Miley. I mean. The, the league depth that you were using him last year, I think, is the same kind of league depth you're looking at this year. Obviously, the park's a little bit tougher, but Derek Johnson's the one who untapped this uh, the, this useful Wade Miley back in Milwaukee back in 18 when he had those 80 innings of quality work uh, with a 2.57 ERA and 1.22 WHIP. So I think we're going to see a solid Miley again, even if all I got was a repeat, the 3.98 ERA over 167 innings. I think that's fine because he's not going to cost a thing. Uh, he's pick 440. Yeah, so that's super cheap. It's fine. Again, for the leagues where he matters and, and you're even going to draft him, I think you're going to get more than what you what you pay for with Wade Miley. I just – the upside isn't huge and so, – Well, because of the like strikeouts, strikeouts, I yeah. think there is some ratio upside. Again, I, I feel like he could maybe, – Maybe in terms of his ERA, but his whip is never – that great i mean he's got one good Whoa. whip year in what the last five or six years so maybe a full season with Derek johnson does it uh, i don't know i, I just no i like you said there's no cost really attached to it so it's, yeah it's not a bad pick where he's going i just can't imagine he's going to be on any of my teams and this is a guy that can give up home runs uh moving to a park that gives up lots of home runs Definitely makes more homer friendly, but in uh, Derek Johnson, I trust. So, Fair. you know, I, mean, I could see a Wade Miley share too, particularly in like a draft and hold, which I'm going to start doing in January. So, I've already um, done my first one. I think I know you have, and so I, I think I'll, I think I'll have like at least one little Wade Miley tricking around. And then in uh, the shallow leagues that I play, what I usually do in right after the draft is go through and, and start clicking on the watch list. I'll probably put him on the watch list right away, Miley. Just, just so I'm aware of him in my ten and twelve teamers for those uh, those weeks against like Pittsburgh and you know he's, he has like a Pittsburgh Miami double dip. You know I'm I'm signing up for something like that for Wade Miley. So, all right. Speaking of Miami, segue there. Incidental segue. They signed Matt Kemp 
who I don't know if you know is still around. I did not. Only played 20 games last year with Cincinnati. Speaking of, I mean, we're just cross-pollinating all over the place here with these teams. Uh, was brutal for 62 at-bats, uh, 62 plate appearances. Seemed like he was done, but he's not. He's back and uh, reunites with Don Mattingly. And um, I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like I have a hard time fully quitting Kemp if there's some playing time to be had. And so, of course, we're talking obscenely deeply. So uh, that caveat doesn't even really need to be said. Yeah, like this You're is really only talking couple, NL yeah, only. The last couple rounds of a 50-team draft and old NL yep. only. Uh, I have no interest. I, I mean, I mean if, if, if they're giving him a shot, it's a minor league deal. I mean, how much do they yeah. hate Austin Dean? Bro. I mean, you have two first names? You're, you're a piece of garbage yeah, in I Miami. Mean, this, is, this is the old Matthew Berry, like a Mott-like intensity, like hatred. A Mott-like intensity. Just, and you know what? It, it, if if he did prove healthy and like raring to go, by the way, we're a year removed from an all-star appearance. This is why I'm saying like I'm not fully, fully out on this with Kemp. He had 293, 38, 481 with 21 homers in 506 plate appearances just in 2018. We're not we're not dialing it that far back to have a capable Matt Kemp. So I'm not a thousand percent out on this because of that, but it also pisses me off for Garrett Cooper, who I really do yeah, like. Garrett Cooper, uh uh Sierra Dean, uh even John Birdie, like like yeah. there's some interesting guys on this bench. And while it seems unnecessary. Yes, it is unnecessary. I mean, I don't mind what they're doing because what they're doing is they're picking up guys for nothing, and they're yes. hoping to yeah get some trade value going for him. And then they they picked up this guy for nothing. They got something back in return to help you know bolster that uh, that minor league system. So like this is exactly yeah. what a team like the the Marlins. As much as we shit all over the Marlins the last few years uh, in terms of what they were doing as a team. They're like Derek Jeter and company. They're pretty good offseason. Yeah, they're they're doing everything the way they should be doing. It's actually, I mean, uh, been pretty impressive, like how far their minor league system's starting to come. Yeah, and VR and Aguilar could bring back legit pieces. Camp would probably be like that C plus type of prospect that nobody knows about, and then three years down the line, it's like. This guy pitching right now, this is the guy they got for Kemp. Remember when they picked him up in 2020 for, for no reason? This was why. You know, something like that. It's those those lottery tickets that take years to to develop. Um, it's a long shot uh, that they would even get a lottery ticket for him, let alone him even being anything. So just keep it in mind for NL only. That's really it right now. Don't need to spend too much more time on Matt Kemp. Let's get into some stars, some future stars that we're talking about here. We're, we're creating some stars. Um and like I said, the parameters are later than pick 150, and then it's kind of open from there. And then after we talk about some stars, we're going to do one piece of coal, a top two round guy that we just don't think is going to cut the mustard there and be uh, they're they're going to be a uh, you know a flop, and not just by injury, but but by performance. But we'll get into the star studdedness first, and I'll let you go first with your first star. I said first like 15 times in that sentence. Oh, cool. man. I have a list of six guys just to be on the okay, safe well then, side. So I'm, that, that works. But I don't have like an order for them. So, uh, That's fine. Uh, let's see. Why don't I start with uh, the only pitcher on my list? Because okay. that way I, I at least have a pitcher. And that's Carlos Martinez. 
Carlos Martinez, it appears he's going they're, – they're planning on putting him back into the rotation. Uh, okay, so it's first things first. So that one gives him the upside of a top three-round uh, player if he's uh, if he's able to throw a bunch of innings and, and, and actually stay in the rotation. When he's been on the mound, he's been very, very good. The problem is getting him on the mound. And we're talking about a guy who pitched in, in relief last year uh, racked up 24 saves, a 3.17 ERA, uh, over a strikeout an inning. He has the stuff of a of a star of of a you know top tier starter. It's just been a matter of there's been some maturity issues, there's been injury issues, uh, and I just I like where he's going in drafts. So uh, for me, Carlos Martinez is a guy that I've already got. I think on three teams. Uh, at, where is he going? By the way, let's see. He is currently going. Pick 188. Okay. So, and in my OC, I got him at 201. Or, sorry, yeah. my, my DC, yeah, not my I'm, OC. I have a hard time quitting uh, Carlos Martinez. So, even if he was stuck at closer again, and I put stuck in quotes, that'd be fine. I would like him as a starter, though. So, this is this, this first one here is almost a, a return to stardom because uh, he's, he's certainly shown flashes before. And uh, hopefully we can get get him back on track. 180 plus innings. That could be really good with Carlos Martinez. So I, I like that pick. All right, give me your first. All right, one. you ready? You ready for mine? So this is my only pitcher as well, and it's actually cheating so hard because I'm picking uh, like a trio of pitchers, <laughs> and I just I, I think it's gonna be one of them because um, I'm lame and I can't decide. Well, mainly because I want to spare you guys from another talk about Reynaldo Lopez. So I'm just putting Dylan Cease, Reynaldo oh. Lopez, and Michael Kopech together. And uh, now I understand it's like, well, pick one, dude. Like, which one do you think is going to become a star? It's like, (sighs) if I had to rank them in terms of star potential, I think I would go Cease first, Reynaldo second, and Kopech third. Kopech because he's returning from TJ. And I think they're just going to be more protective of him. Yeah, I don't think they're going to let him go enough innings that you would need for him to be be a top top three-round guy. Yeah. So, uh, but I do think that we're going to get another White Sox star arm. Um, and I made the joke that, you know, they took the worst pitcher in baseball from 18 and turned him into a star in 19 with Giolito. They can do it again with Raylo. But, um, <laughs> you know, a lot of what Giolito did was on his own accord. So Raylo would have to have that that drive. It, it, it's, it's not a uh, robust coaching system there that is driving this unfortunately in fact they, they're lagging a little bit behind in their pitching coach pitching coaching which is a weird thing to say um, don cooper kind of has this reputation if you kind of peel back and hear some things about what he does there it's, it's, it's not all sunshine and rainbows so i'm hoping that these young bucks kind of uh either follow under the, the wing of giolito or, or go out on their own and kind of figure some things out but yeah i'd go cease Raylo. Kopech, I'll have shares of all three. I cannot quit Reynaldo Lopez. I know it's become a bit of a meme at this point, like, give it up. I won't. And mainly because, I swear to God, the second I do, he's going to post like a sub-3 ERA, and then I'm going to have to Gronk spike myself. Yeah, and how this, am I going to do that? I don't this know. This is my version of into Jimmy Nelson, where like I was on, yeah, on, on, on. Finally, I was like, okay, I give up, and then he has the breakout the year, and then I'm like, all right, I'm back on board, and then he... Uh, it's. <laughs> And then he got mm-hmm. hurt. Yeah. So. And, I, and I know that there's, you know, the logical fallacy of like just staying on forever. But it's not like I pay anything literally for any of these three, by the way. 
And that I paired them together because they're on the same team. Kopech 259, Cease 285, Raylo 300. Like I said, with Kopech being the most expensive and the least likely to do this, I actually kind of put him off to the side. I'm going to get him in like a draft champions, but I'm not going to go too crazy. Cease and Raylo, though, I'm going to have multiple shares across multiple league formats. I'm really interested by both. So there's my pitching with the White Sox. I took in, in my draft champions, I already did. I took Cease and Raylo uh, Lopez. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think like. Just after pick three hundred. Yeah, and and again, the price the price is there to, to go ahead and take that shot. So, all right, let's get into some hitters here. You've got uh, at least five more, so let's uh, let's get your first. Mm, okay, let's see. Uh, I'm gonna take Andrew McCutcheon. Hey, I like it. I like another uh, rebirth here. Yeah, I mean, I loved him coming into last everybody year. Everybody did. The injury sucked. So yeah, I mean, so yeah, give me some love on McCutcheon. It's not like he was you know he fell off the map because he was bad he got hurt and it was a catastrophic injury it, it you know obviously ended his season uh reports are good so far and we're talking about he's playing on a Phillies team that uh has a really really strong lineup and I believe that he will hit towards the top of that uh I mean we we over at roster resource you know on fan graphs is uh, has him uh, leading off in front of Real Muto, Harper, and Hoskins. Uh, and I just, I mean, See? the run potential there uh, is insane. So, I mean, as long as he's healthy and reports so far, like I said, have been good, we're talking about a guy who could probably go 30-10. Um, and, yeah. And, and score like 120 runs, dude. Yeah. By the way, do you remember how he got hurt? Don't because Ian Kinsler's a prick. Well, I know that, but you know what he did. You know what he did. Can't remember. The lazy fly ball on the infield. McCutcheon's on first. Segur batting. He lets it drop to get the double mm. play instead of just taking the pop out. And so then McCutcheon gets in a little rundown oh, and rips his leg there. Yeah, that's right. Like I get that it's a savvy play. I'm just mad. I'm just salty about the result. Well, and you don't I, like Kinsler. I wish Cutch would have just given himself up. Yeah, but especially early. That's not what he does. Especially early he, in the season. You know, punk bitch. I mean, he's going at 208 right now. It's oh just yeah, such dude. A, I, I'm, I'm so back in. It's, I'm so back in. It's such a cheap in. price, and I haven't gotten any shares yet. I've been very, very uh, disappointed so far. Uh, obviously, I'll have about 75 more drafts to, to, to get it figured out. Can't believe I've already done three drafts. Uh, so, uh, yeah, dude, he could uh, he could set a new career high in runs. Yeah, he's only topped 100 once, mainly because of the Pittsburgh teams that have been around him. I mean, this club is is raring to go, and you mentioned what's hitting behind him. I think Kutch is is uh, a legitimate bet mm-hmm. to score a buck 20 with oh, full yeah, health. Oh, yeah, for sure, and especially with his strong on-base skills. like that That's exactly he, it. Especially, yep. And if you're in an on-base league, like he, he's one of those guys. Someone asked uh, if we could do some ranks uh, with OBP uh, leagues. I will try to maybe put something together for next month. Sure. Uh, on yeah, yeah. That, uh, we got time. Yeah, because so, I, I know people are playing on-base leagues more uh, than, than they used to, so... Uh, yeah, on, on base leagues, like he is a legit threat to be a top three round player. I was gonna say he should be at least 
Should he be like a top? Should Andrew McCutcheon in OBP be like a top 150 pick player? Oh, he should be. He he won't be though. He won't. Yeah, he no, no, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's I, so, I think it's there, so I think there's because... an argument he should be a top 150 pick player now, regularly. Yeah. And I mean, going out just outside the top 200. Uh, so I mean, in OBP, I think. I mean, especially if you're looking at projections, like right now, Steamer has him for 27 home runs, seven stolen bases, and a 359 on base percentage. You know, and I think they're low, especially on on the run scored where where they have 82. So, I was gonna say, so how many do you think scored a buck 20 last year? How many players? Uh, five, six. You you nailed it pretty much. Um, and again. I wouldn't necessarily put that down as his projection. Oh, for sure not. But he is a massive threat to do that. He was pacing toward it. And paces are fluky. you got to be careful with that. But it was 262 plate appearances, and he was pacing for 124 Especially runs. Especially because you look at that lineup four- and you go, who else is going to hit first in that lineup? Nobody. There, there, I, I mean, mean it's him. No if McCutcheon's healthy, it's yeah. him. So, no, that's a great pick. I'm fully in on it. It's going to be tough when we get in the leagues because we're going to be playing chicken to see who's going to let it go longer, and we're going to battle for I don't, I don't know, if, I don't know that you and I are going to have any leagues together this year. Perhaps not. I mean, un- Perhaps unless not. we join the same main. Ooh, that'd be a terrible idea. <laughs> Let's spread our money out. I'm definitely going to do a solo shot this year, so maybe we should do the same solo shot. I like, I like that. Let's, 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 uh, let's rendezvous offline and figure that out. All right, next up for me. Is uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. really, really become intrigued by him? More and more focus I give on Toronto. I actually came out thinking about Gurriel Jr. as opposed to the the young bucks that we know about Vlad Jr., uh, Bichette, and Biggio. All of three, all three whom I like as well. But don't sleep on what Gurriel Jr. has been doing now. Just in his last two years, which basically equates to a season. Um, he has a 115 WRC plus, 31 homers, and 85 ribbies. That's 606 career plate appearances. He's got some speed. It's not crazy, but you know, throw in a little double-digit uh, SB potential there in a full season. I got a little bit of a slight Raphael Devers vibe here. And, and I loved Devers coming into this year, and it panned out nicely. I've got that same sort of just like dude can hit type of vibe, and... You know, he's hit 279 in that uh, 606 plate appearances too. If you, the the path to amping this up and, and becoming a top three round guy isn't that much. Um, you know, if you're talking 30, 100 with a 285 and 10 stolen bases, we're pretty close at that point. So I really like what Gurriel Jr. is doing. He goes at pick 160. I think he's priced to buy for sure. He currently was only going to be outfielder this year. He could sneak double eligibility again, no. though. If second base becomes something, hey, well, don't rule it out. I mean, are, are you? I mean, in order for him to do that, Kevin Biggio needs to bomb. Do you think Kevin Biggio is going to or bomb? get hurt? Have you seen a season where people don't get I hurt? I have. Okay, My MLB cool. the show what? when I turned off injuries. Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I'm not planning for that. I'm saying it's it's. There is possibility. Uh, the on, That's the only problem. Biggio played outfield too. They could, they could, they could go back and forth. The, the only problem I think with the eligibility thing is not only would he need an injury, uh, the, uh, uh, the the Blue Jays have guys in their minor league system 
that are ready to come up, uh, including one of their top prospects that's completely blocked right now in Kevin Smith. Yeah, but they would just put in if Biggio got hurt, which I'm not projecting, nor do I want, because I'm going to have way too many shares of him. It's an easy fit, though. You go Gurriel at second, no, no, you and, bring and up Kevin Anthony Alford Smith. plays. No, no, you, Alf- you don't make a forty-man move. He he's not isn't he on the forty-man? I don't believe I so. So yeah, you don't you don't do that again. Th- this is the least important part of what I'm talking about here. I'm just saying it's a, a remote possibility it's there not. that could be an added bonus. It no. is again. You cannot definitively say it's I not. That did. doesn't make any sense. Well, you're wrong per usual, which is fine, and that's cool. I love. I, I will I love say that for you when it's it's your mo. When he came back from the minor leagues on uh, May 24th. Uh, hit 292, 339, 580 with 20 home runs in five stolen bases in 299 plate appearances. So if we want to do some lazy, <laughs> lazy projections, just double yeah. that, and like that's a 40 home run, you know, 290 season. Uh, I mean, I, he's had two big runs like mm-hmm. that too, though. Uh, Gurriel Jr. has, and so yeah, you're right. We got to be careful with that lazy math. That being said, that I, I don't think it's a bad pick. I think he's a, definitely a guy who is, I I don't know that he's going much later than I would take him, but like the fact that he's going behind my boy Willie Calhoun, like Gurriel's already proven he well, can do it in the major leagues. Who I considered for this exercise, and then when I saw that he was go where he was going. I said, well, no, I'd rather just buy Gurriel. Another good thing about Gurriel Jr., batting third. That's where he batted um, pretty much most of 236 out of his 200, or out of his 343 plate appearances this past year, and no reason why he wouldn't continue. So Bichette and Biggio on ahead of him, and Vlad Jr. behind that's him. A, that's so a sweet even though, top four. Like, that's, yeah. like that, that, is, uh, that is really going to be fun to watch. The, the Toronto offense kind of dies down as you get lower, but he's in the prime spot, Gurriel Jr. is. So, yeah, I really, really like him. A buck 60 is nice. I could even afford a surge up to like 140. I would still be willing to pay that. And I, I don't even know that it's going to come because he's just not getting talked about in the same realm as as the other uh, uh, kin on that team. Uh, he's not a son of a former player, but he's brother of, of Yuli, Yuli Gurriel. So, yeah. Ortiz Gurriel Jr. there, and uh, into your next hitter. Oh, okay. So this is my last pick, right? And then, um, um, I mean, you can say the others. I, I said three each, but I just because I was trying to limit the homework. If you've got more, let's talk about all it. All right. Well, then uh, I'll go with uh, Jorge Mateo. So now we're talking about okay. a guy who is outside of the top uh, 500 picks right now, uh, and I mean. From Oakland, by yes. the way. Like when, when we've got a prospect like that, we got to make sure that everyone knows. Oakland prospect here mm-hmm. with, with speed for days. Yes. yes. I mean, we're, we're talking like 80 grade speed does not do him justice. He is fast. Uh, and he, he puts it to use uh, you know, on the base pass. He's not one of those guys that's fast and doesn't run. Uh, in AAA last year for the A's, he 19 home runs and stole 24 bases in 166 Ooh. plate appearances. Uh I mean, he has got uh, a hit tool, so he's not one of these speedsters like Billy Hamilton that uh, can't hit. Uh, I was gonna say, is that is that punch legit? I know the ball certainly helped, but you I know, he'd be know going from the majors to the minor or from from AAA to the majors, where the ball 
is also. We're not talking about, I don't think, a guy who's going to like hit 20 home runs in the major leagues, uh, especially not, not next year. Age. But like, like, could he be like a 1040 guy? Hey, I think that. I just don't want 140. Those nine homers make all the difference. I, I I know it sounds insane, but like, it really helps if it, if it's if it's more of the uh, nine to twelve range as opposed to the one to three range for for those speed demons. So this gives me an opportunity. Actually, I'm going to make a comp uh, <laughs> that uh, and talk about one of the guys who uh, was on my list, but I, I didn't put him to my top three. Uh, that's our boyfriend uh, Garrett Hampson. So this is yes. Garrett Hampson without the cost. Like this is the potential of a guy who could really just completely boom. Uh, and I mean, theoretically, could go like fifteen fifty uh, with like a two eighty average uh, and really win you your league. But you're not having to pay uh-huh. the cost uh, that you have to pay with Garrett Hampson because Hampson last year, I mean, I think Rob Silver tweeted out this morning, like last year, his ADP in main events was 163. And so far this year, is it like 162? Like, so like, there's no, there's no discount. The September, the September ruined it, dude. And that's what, that's what pissed me off so much about that September. And I just knew it. I, I just knew it for Hampson, by the way, with Jerks and Profar being traded, they cleared second base for Mateo and your other boy, mm-hmm. Barreto. Yeah, I love Barreto, and so, I think Barreto gets the first shot, especially because uh, he's, okay, my next he's out of options, I believe. Um, actually, it's uh, both are. It's do or die for both. So Mateo, oh, wow. with the 26th man, I think that really helps Mateo, though, because I, I think realize, they're both going to be I on the club. I didn't realize Mateo was out of options as well. So uh, I think Barreto still gets the first uh, shot, but... Uh, Mateo is going to be a huge factor on this team. So the fact that... Uh, so I'm, I'm confused on options. There, there's a use them or lose them situation then? Because he's been in the minors for X amount... Because yeah. he's never been up. Well, okay. yeah, yeah. So you get options. If you're on the 40-man and you don't make the team, you're automatically optioned to start the year. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So okay, all, the, all and those then you years come with back the Yankees. Up all you want. Yeah. Yep. So, okay, uh, okay. so yeah, he's yeah. If he's out of options too, they, these guys are both making this team, uh, which uh, uh, God, I always mess up his name. Noose Sheldon Noose is uh, gonna be noisy. Noisy, thank you. Believe it or not, which is a great. I mean, that's a that's a great name for somebody who's a power. Yeah, hitter. so he's gonna be probably sent down to start the year because uh, he has all three options. So yeah, uh, I think that. There's obviously a, a hole at second base. Uh, Mateo also has experience in the outfield, though I don't necessarily know uh, that they're going to want to put him out there necessarily. But You know they like to bounce guys around, though. Yeah, I just think there's such a huge potential with the stolen bases there. And the fact that he's going outside of the top uh, 500 picks right now means... I, obviously, I think that's going to jump up. But even if it jumps up 100 picks... Like the upside's still huge at a guy going, you know, outside top four hundred. Exactly. No, I, I like it. That's Jorge Mateo for Oakland uh, with a chance at, at some playing time this year. And don't sleep on Franklin Barreto. You didn't pick him, but I know that's a guy you've you've propped up in the past. I love Barreto. So really, so you can kind of look at both. Out yep. so much. That would be huge for him, and that's probably why you didn't pick him because it'd be hard for him to get to the top well, and three Mateo's, rounds with his strikeout. The 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 speed for Mateo really sets him apart. It's, it's transcendent. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, all right. My next one, this will be quick because it's a guy I've written up already twice this offseason, and I am going to, people are going to get tired of hearing me talk about Luke Voigt, but I'm so in on Luke Voigt at first base. Pick 193. Dude absolutely tanks the ball, man. Even with his EV drop from, from 18 to 19 uh, exit velocity, he was still uh, top 9% in barrels. As a Yankee, this is similar to the, the Gurriel thing where we're taking parts of two seasons, mashing it together, and it's kind of a full season. As a Yankee, it's 283, 84, 517 with 35 homers, 95 ribbies, and 100 runs over the course of, I think, like 680 plate appearances for Voigt. I just think that uh, he's got the buy-in from the team. Health was the only thing that, that kept it. It's 658 plate appearances just for the uh, uh, sake of, of having the right number there. He's the first baseman. I really don't think that they're going to mess with that. Um, I know that you know they got to figure out what's going to be happening with Miguel Andahar and all that. I don't think Voigt's the one that, that gets hit there. The dude absolutely crushes. He's shown that he can do it. I'm in on Luke Voigt. Again, I've, I've made this clear before. I don't want to uh, belabor the point too much, but he's one of my picks as well at pick 193. I got him bouncing up. Dude could hit 40 homers, and it wouldn't even be surprising. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what more you can say. I think uh, as long as he's healthy, I think, I yep. think he could mash. And uh, especially if you don't like the drop-off at first base after a while, he's definitely a guy to target for your corner infield position uh, or at first base if you just wait on the position later on in drafts. Yes, he's kind of your last chance saloon type of guy if you happen to wait or you, you get caught waiting. Like sometimes you don't realize that you waited too long. You look up and you're like, uh oh. But pick 193, Voigt's going to be there as, a, as an oasis for you, um, you know, relatively late in your draft. All right, your next one. Go ahead. All right. So uh, what if I told you there is a player that uh, hit 33 home runs, stole 14 bases, and hit 271, and you can get him outside the top 200? I'm interested. Tell me who that is. Rubenito Dor did that in 2016. Uh, uh, <laughs> God, I hate Dor so much, dude. As as a as a player, I don't really. Yeah, hate him I in mean, real life, but, like, uh, don't get me wrong. Obviously, I cherry picked his best season. Uh, of course, but of he course. did hit 30 home runs last year. He stole 11 bases, yeah. and he had, I believe, a career high walk rate at nine percent. That's something. So, I mean, it's something. And you know, I love those guys with the the, the fluky say, batting averages. Is, so we, we got to call these guys Justin Mason All Stars. Yeah. The guys that uh, that do everything but batting average. In fact, they generally have a painfully mm-hmm. low batting average. But you're hoping to spike a, a flash that they've shown before, but, which is 271 yeah, me, back in 2016. Let me read off his batting averages for his career. In 2014, 259, then 261, 271, 204, 253, and 18, and then last year, 205. So what this tells Honestly, me... Honestly, the, the low ones are the outliers. Well, and it's it's all BABIP-related. You look at the years yeah. where he's had the 204 and the 205, he had a 224 uh, BABIP in 2017, and last year, a 244 BABIP. Uh, now, I mean, he go. deserves some of that. Uh, sure, but sure, 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 sure. The, it also shows that there's a lot of um, variance in terms of what his potential batting average could be. He's one of the guys that uh, when I do uh, my article for the Friends Fantasy Benefits Draft Guide every year, uh, this year will he'll be my example of, you know, you try predicting what his average is going to be because you can't. <laughs> it's not, you know, like you, you go and look at, at Steamer 
and they're going, we're just going to split the difference here, you know, at 234. But 234, yeah. even with 30 home runs and 14 stolen bases, is not that bad of a player. No, especially as a projection. Again, and obviously what we're projecting here is, is best-case scenarios. So you're jumping him up two levels, um, you know, when, when things work well. Rugnet Odor is still just 26, which I think is interesting too, which I bring it up to point out that, yes, he does have uh, 3,286 plate appearances under his belt, but I don't know that he's 100% locked in. Plus, we've seen so much volatility within those 3,300 plate appearances that, yeah, this isn't – as much as I have not been a fan and really not wanted to draft him, I think you've made an interesting pick here, and I, I, I see why you did it. And what's uh, what's his cost again? His cost currently is 239 See, even at that point, I buy back in. A lot of times my, my fantasy hate is born of an overpricing, which I believe Rugnet Odor has had in previous years. At this point, all the flaws are, are, are cooked in, man. I mean, then we, you can't really start to double count him for the issues that he has. That's why you're getting him at 239 So that's a good pick with Rugnet Odor there. I like that one. Do you want to stay with the same team? What do you think about that? Ooh, and, ooh and, let's, and let's I, stay with the same And team. I already told you it's not Willie Calhoun because I almost picked him and I didn't. It's somebody else. It is pick 271 right after uh, Odor there, Nick Solak. He went 290, 32, like and yeah. 7 last year across the majors and minors. Um, he's 20 homers and 15 stolen bases per 600 plate appearances in the minors with a 294 average. And... Unlike the Guriel one, which I, I said was like, you know, the lottery ticket type of deal uh, for multi-positional eligibility, I think Solak has a legit potential to do that as a super util. I, I think he's somebody who's going to play all the time, but where he plays day-to-day could certainly bounce around, whether it's giving guys off, days off, uh, injuries, you know, carving out a spot for himself at third, depending on if they bring in anybody. I think he's just going to bounce around. He's only DH eligible coming in, UT eligible coming into the year because he played 17 games there, 11 at third and five at second. But I really like 25 year old Nick Solak, and um, you know even with a more neutralized globe life, which I'm sure that it's going to be with the roof, I still think that he can really mash. And batting average and power are what could lead him. But he chips in a little bit of speed as well, so I like Nick Solak. This is a super interesting team. I know people were disappointed that they didn't get like one of the big free agents. Yeah, but they've done. But that good. trade for Kluber was uh, a heist. Was great for them. Oh, we did. Yeah, did we not? We didn't talk about that. Did I don't we? think we did talk about that. So, Whoops. Um, we can talk about that. Real yeah, let's quick. Uh, let's, let's uh, do that. Let me throw that on the list there. Um, so yeah, you mentioned that they got Kluber here. Well, do you have any thoughts on Solak, and then we can get into the Kluber trade? Uh, I think Solak is a, is a very interesting guy. Uh, Where's he going? I want to see. 271. Yeah, okay. So just outside. Uh, and this this just tells you the depth that the Rays had at the position yeah, because they gave him away for, for nothing. Uh, I mean, he's projected right now in Steamer to go 27 um, or 20 home runs, seven stolen bases, two, 268 average. I feel like that's maybe a bit light on the average. But I actually like it in terms of a pretty decent baseline. Uh, he can play a lot of different positions on the infield. And so if they end up getting tired of uh, Odor or Willie Calhoun is rough in the outfield, mm-hmm. um, 
they can move him around to a bunch of different places. And like you said, he's starting off as UT only, and that's one of the reasons why I think his price oh, is, uh, is kind of depressed, yeah. is people are just not willing to draft those kind of guys, especially late. Uh, and that, that's a mistake, because this is a guy that uh, has shown great on-base skills, has power, has a little bit of speed, uh, or actually probably more than a little bit of speed, um, and I think could be a real impact player. And if, if you're grabbing him, uh, you know, 270, uh, you're, you're, I think you're getting a steal. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about Nick Solak. Give me the UT only. And by then, I actually prefer taking a UT only that late because – I should have my team kind of set up and everything. It shouldn't be such a big problem. So I'm with you there that it will make people shy away. Keep that price depressed for me. I'm, I'm here for it. Now let's talk about the Cooper trade. Sorry, I totally forgot about that because um, we did such a mega episode last last time. I, I totally forgot that that was on Sunday. It feels so. We're also not used to doing this amount of transactions right? this early. In the, you know, and it feels so long season. ago, but it was just Sunday because so much other stuff has happened. But Corey Kluber does get traded to Texas. For Emmanuel Classe and Delano DeShields, which the Cleveland returns. When you first heard about this, were you waiting for a third piece or like international money to drop? Like, were you waiting for something else to come through? I wasn't necessarily waiting for something else to come through. I was just, you know, feeling bad for Indians yeah, fans. I, I was. This I was, was like, a this, team that's be been something. on the cusp. I mean, this is a team that was one inning away from winning a World Series a few years ago. Do you, you want like, to make them vomit again real quick? It's, uh, I mean, the fact that the organization never just went full all in with the amount of talent that they have and the fact that they're now talking about trading Lindor. Um, no, uh, I, I got another vomit-inducing thing. The top story on trade rumors right now. Mike Clevenger drawing trade interest. Oh, my God. What like are it's they just, doing, It's dude? so brutal. And, doing? I mean, I understand wanting to get rid of the Kluber contract. But I um, barely and, understand that, dude. He's 17 mil. Yeah, but if you think his best days are behind him. But uh, The hard part is uh, to trade a guy who missed the virtually the entire season yes. last year. <laughs> like, I, what do you do? Yeah, like trade a – like wait – Six months, like it just trade trade him in July. That's what I'm like, saying, he's, he's dude. Been back on the field, he would still even have if a he year. Hasn't been great. Yeah, you're gonna get more than like even if he's putting up like a mid threes ERA, yeah. you're still gonna get more than you got. And I know they're really high on Klaus, Sorry. but um, yeah, it, it was just way too light. Of no, it it it's it's a power reliever who could definitely do some things. He has a 99 mile per hour cutter. And a slider, yeah, they are different. How many times have we... Dude, I know. Don't trust what? relief prospects. Don't trust... I mean... It's insane. We, we go through this every year where people are like, this is the next closer. This is They're the next never hater. the next the closer. Next hater. The next How hater. many years... Have, like, don't get me wrong. Like, Jimenez... Uh, Joe Jimenez, like, finally, like, you know, uh, you know, started getting saves last year. But how many years did we wait on yeah. him? That's a great. That's a great call. Um, and and many others. Like, people man. are still waiting on Yon Lopez's saves from last. I mean, year. you want to talk about saves? Now this guy has been good and fantasy relevant in all leagues, but Dellen Batances has thirty six mm-hmm. saves in three hundred eighty one innings. Like he couldn't even finagle his way into a closer's role, and he was you know. And then everyone gets compared to be the next. Not hit. about being good. 
getting saves is not Especially about being now. the best pitcher in your bullpen. You yeah, realize so, they want you in that middle fireman's role. Mm-hmm. Well, so you know, so if they think he's going to, you know, be a huge impact, like I understand them making the trade. It gets money off the books. What they were trying to How do. How they not get uh, Calhoun or Solak though, dude? I thought one of those two was going. I would have bet Charlotte on that. That one of those I don't two think the was going to be were willing. Yeah, I don't think the Rangers were willing to give up a, a well, you know, a major league hitting. They were able to hardline and say no, and so Delano DeShields goes with Klaas, um over there. And I think and this is the problem with trading when you've got like no leverage, yeah. and when you know teams know you want to get rid of the money, and the player has been hurt all year. Like this, this was just the worst time. To worst trade him. time. So the dentist does go to Cleveland. Um, DDS, for those wondering why we call him the dentist. Mm-hmm. Brilliant nickname. I'm a genius. You're welcome. No problem. Um, it took me like two years to figure out why you guys called him the dentist. And every time some people like mention on Twitter, there's someone in the comments that says, why is he the dentist, though? Or people think they have it figured out. They're like, oh, he's called the dentist because that time he got hit in the face and had to go to the dentist. I'm like, <laughs> nope, that's not it. It's just DDS. I totally forgot about that. Um, so what do we think, though? Because I've definitely been a believer in the past i've definitely peeled this is somebody i have been able to quit you know how we just talked about how stubborn we can get on not being able to quit guys i have actually moved on from the shields does cleveland offer an opportunity to, uh, an opportunity to buy back in he did still st- still steal 24 last year but this was the 249 average and four homers what do you think of the dentist in cleveland he is the new gerard dyson yes he is dude yes he freaking is which has value and will be underrated. Now, the trade may bump him up in terms of value, but like right now they've got him as the short side platoon I was going to say, should he not start uh, over Greg Allen? And, and, and Jake Bowers for that you matter. You shut your stupid trash whore mouth. I mean, You're probably right. Delina DeShields and Greg Allen are, are the Spider-Man gif. Right Absolutely. Now. They're just pointing at each other. They're like, hey. hey. We got another yeah, me. that's me. Greg Allen's like, we got another you me. You switch hit? No. Okay, well, I'm better than you, but we got another me. Yeah, exactly. So uh, this is uh, – yeah, I mean, he probably should, but why would – I guess – I didn't realize Greg Allen was almost 27. Yeah, dude. He's – like, it's it's time. It's time. I remember he, uh, he interested me uh, in a fall league of yesteryear, and I've been waiting – I've been waiting on that a bit, but he is – basically Delano Shields. So honestly, um, draft and hold, maybe I, I pass right now and I wait until spring starts and really see who has the angle on that job. And then I take the guy who has the the better feel for playing time because I'll get the more the higher volume of steals. That's how I'm playing that. And I don't really know this that. This is we need like to go the no-name outfield. If, like if I had told you a year ago that in 2020 this was going to be the starting outfield for the Cleveland Indians, you would have been like, who the hell is Oscar Mercado? That's the one I would have liked. The other ones, I agree with you. Coming into last year? Dude, I was in on Mercado. I got to be honest. Because when he was traded traded from St. Louis. Take your curtsy. It's fine. What? I I said take your curtsy. (laughs) Take your bow, Paul. Shut up. You got credit. Shut up. Uh, but you know your your point, Mercado, Bowers, Allen, DeShields, come on. And for a team that, like you said, was just on the cusp, and now there's should still be. They should absolutely should still, be. still be, dude. They should absolutely <laughs> like, still be. This rotation should still be 
Kluber, Clevenger, uh, Carrasco, Bieber, Carrasco, Savali. Um, and then have a the freaking Dolans. Damn good lineup. Like, this should be one of the top teams in Major League Baseball, and they're going to dismantle it's it. It's unbelievable. They, they should be. And it's young. It's young. Outside of Roberto Perez, the and, and oldest Santana. person in that lineup is 27. Santana as well, but yeah, like he's the eldest. Oh, sorry, Santana too, yeah. Perez is 31, and then the rest are 27 and under, dude. It's insane. And I would I cannot be through the roof if I were a Cleveland Indians fan. And, like, like, don't even forget that this includes they traded Trevor Bauer last year. Like, it's this is ridiculous. This team should be like trying to establish a dynasty right now, not dismantling it's, it. It's it's over. The I'm top. sorry, Cleveland. Yeah, fans. sorry, it's, sorry, it's, sorry. We had to uh, bring it back up, but uh, I did forget to include that. At least that you have the Browns. Yeah, at least you have the Browns. But if you're a and, Cleveland Indians and, fan, and you're Cavs. probably Ooh. a Browns fan. Cle- oh, Cleveland fans Jesus. are loyal. They're probably uh, loyal to all Browns. the teams in the, in the state there. So do they? Do they have an NHL team? Um, I guess they would. They would root for Columbus. Yeah, I guess. And I have. I couldn't tell you if they're good or bad or not. But um, all right, I'm just gonna assume because they're in Ohio, they're not. Yeah, the, back. To, uh, at least they have the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, back to the stars. Who's your next one after my Nick Solak pick? Um. Okay. Uh, that brings me to my last one. one more too. Uh, and this is just a little nostalgia pick. Uh, so I mean, there's a guy who is currently going 277. That used to be a first round pick. Okay. And that's Joey Votto. Oh, okay. You're you're betting on the bounce now, back. I'm not betting on the bounce back. You're but praying for the bounce back, I should say. If, if there's anyone that could deliver it, maybe a healthy Joey Votto. Maybe maybe the huge drop off the last two seasons have been health. If he comes back in uh, at this point, it's just there's not much of a price attached. That's true. And he's 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 more than likely either your UT or uh, a guy coming off your bench. Uh, the problem is they're just guys in his areas or in his area that I really like. Uh, the aforementioned Avisel Garcia mm-hmm. uh, is going one pick below him. Nick Madrigal is um, kind of interesting. Yeah, Madrigal. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, Garcia is going three picks below him. But yeah, Madrigal is going one. Uh, well, Madrigal's overrated. Think so? So uh, yeah, for fantasy, I think he's going to be a great real life player. That's that's um, fair. And if you, if if you've heard me say this before, it was about Claire Claire Torres. So I could be completely wrong because one thing he does have is a hit tool, and what we've seen so with the bouncy ball is that if you've got a hit tool, that means you've got really good power. Oh, it's interesting you say that. That brings it to my next pick. Whenever we're, we're done here. So. Uh, but Madrigal is not a guy that is necessarily supposed to should be considered a dynamite. Uh, That's true because he really player. he really only has the the batting average set. There is some speed though, um, but it is an interesting profile. But back to Votto, if you're painting a picture of things like not to lose your mind about exit velo still right in. In fact, it's 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 a three year high last year. It was a, it was at a three year high, and he was great in seventeen. Hard hit rate was a three year high. Um, the strikeouts did go way up, and the walks went way down. That's where you start to lose a little bit of hope. But um, is it just 
sprinkling some some health dust on his lower half that that gets us to good Joey Votto again? That's that's my hope because. I mean, there has been some, which is a weird thing to say, kind of plate discipline issues for for Votto. Uh, of all people, and but I mean, his plate discipline issues have not been like what other people's plate discipline issues are. So, like he, you know, it's like he had a career high strikeout rate. It was twenty percent. Like it's it's not it's not like that is a huge issue. No. If you're comparing him to other players, well, the problem him. is when you start comparing, yeah, comparing him to himself. Uh, it becomes a huge issue. I, there's not a ton in the profile outside of him being old that really scares mm-hmm. me. Uh, and so, yes, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna load up on Joey Votto shares for sure because there is just a chance that he's done. That he's 36 years old. That he's had a very long and distinguished career, uh, and he's taken a, a you know huge beatings. But there's also the chance that you know maybe a full off season of rest. He comes back in healthy, yep. uh, and he is maybe he, maybe he's not the Joey Votto of 2017 that hit 36 home runs in with a 320 average, but maybe he's the guy from 2015. Sure, is that when he uh, hit like 28 homers? A, 20, yeah, 29 homers and in, in 300. So uh, the potential is there for him to be a first round player or a top three round player. Uh, because we've seen it before. Yes. Uh, and so I will take some random shots on Votto, especially considering how low he's going. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to fully quit Joey Votto. I've been a massive fan in the past. Mm-hmm. And um, there's no way I come out of draft season without at least one share. Just just yeah. because the price is... He went 293 in my yeah, draft. Yeah, I mean, that, that price makes it, makes it so nice. So, all right, that's Joey Votto. And then my last one, uh, based on what you said earlier about in the bouncy ball era, if you have a good plate profile and, and you have a hit tool, it can help you generate some power. Do you have any idea where I'm going here? Mm. On, on a veteran-esque player who who spiked last year and then had it cut short via injury. Eric Cosmer. No. <laughs> I'm one of them. No, it's Tommy Listella, and I'm 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 buying in. Oh, You're on the Listella train. And um, you know he. I should have known that, that that's one of your guys. This is this is again. I I, I point out the uh, uh, pick two eighty six. By the way, with Tommy Lastella, we point it out when we do it, but we still do it. Be careful mm-hmm. with the pacing, but it's so easy when it's eighty games. When they when they play eighty or eighty one games, I'm like, you're just making it too easy to just double things up here. But um, you know he was pacing for thirty plus homers last year. 295, 33, 90, 100 before the injury is what his pace was. And I buy it, at least for the most part here. He's always had great strikeout walk ratios. Uh, he changed his launch angle. He added exit velocity. There's that shorter porch in L.A. Um, where they lowered the uh, the right field wall. So that's helping out guys like that. I think he takes advantage of that fully. He's going to lead off when he does hit. So Trout and Rendon behind him and Otani on some days and Upton, who I think can bounce back. So it's a pretty deep uh, front end of the lineup there to drive in Listella. I think even if he doesn't fully reach this uh, the star thing that we're talking about here, I think it could be great batting average, interesting pop, maybe uh, 18 to 22 homers, and then a butt ton of runs. Now, if to do the star thing, 
I think he needs to get back on track with the power and be more of like a mm -hmm. 320, 28 to 30 homers, and then, you know, 100-plus runs, probably only like 80 ribbies since you're leading off, um, and then no steals to speak of. But it would have to be batting average, power, and runs driven. But I, I like it. 31 years old for Tommy Lestella. I don't think a lot of people are going to buy into what he did last year. I understand the reluctance to do so. But then when you take a closer look, I think people should be more open to it. And it's not like you're paying any sort of premium for what he did. 286 is nothing for Listella. And I believe he has dual eligibility already with second and third. Uh, I believe you are correct, but I'm double-checking that as as we speak. Um, yes, he is. he's dual eligible at second and third. And he's projected to start off as the the first baseman. There you go. Opening day. There you go. Even so uh, he could third pick up a, a third uh, early on in the season. Uh, right now, roster resource has him uh, platooning with uh, Albert Pujols. But I think in the games where Pujols comes in at first, maybe he slides over and relieves uh, Fletcher at second. Sure. Especially if there's uh, a right. They also out have there. him. Yeah, they also have him leading off. That, that that's that's one of my favorite things about this. So, uh, while I think uh, I'm I'm not necessarily quite on board with you in terms of Listella, I I worry about uh, if he's going to be able to repeat that power that we saw in, in kind of the the beginning of that that breakout. Um, I also worry that the Angels will make more moves. I don't know that they're necessarily done. I think um, any more moves that they make have to be pitching, though. Yeah, and you're probably right. Um, they also have uh, 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 I can never pronounce his name. Um, uh, Rengifo. Rengifo, yes. and they have uh, a dude in the minor leagues, uh, Jamani Jones. Yes. Uh, true. Who should who 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 should be up uh, at some point this year? Uh, I just worry that maybe at bats will be a hard time or hard thing for him to replicate. He's got to get off to a fast start. I think you'll know on Listella within the first month. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he, he you know he can't come out of the gate stumbling completely. I would agree with with that on Listella, and I don't think he will. I think his plate profile kind of protects him from that. This is a guy who's I mean, a career. Never. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say he's never had a strikeout rate of above sixteen percent. Yeah, and he's a career three forty five OBP. So I think we're betting on an interesting skills profile here. The, the the big bet is really that the power can stick, and I understand that that's that's part of what makes it like a a dream bet here. But even if mm -hmm. he doesn't quite get all the way up to the top of the scale here, which like we're, we're talking about, I think there's still a lot of room for value from a Tommy Lostella. So I'm jumping and, in. And let's be honest. These are all dream. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, there, there's a reason these guys are going outside the top 150 and some of them going outside the top four or five. Exactly. So, I mean, we're having fun. Like, these guys. Yeah. This is, these are guys that we're looking at late in drafts. Um, as like, you know, we're not taking any of these guys necessarily in the top 150. No, and, and, uh, the, I mean, outside of maybe like you taking Guriel, jumping him up there. Uh, so like, but the, these are guys that we think can dramatically exceed their. Exactly. We're uh, not just doing spots. it for, um, for giggles either. Like there's a legitimate mm -hmm. chance that they can, even if it's a smaller 
potential. Yeah. So there's These our guys. Are the guys that take a shot on after you have your foundation built. List your guys and ADP one more time because I'm not going to put them in the rundown. I want them to be surprises to folks. So go ahead and give the rundown uh, of your names. I don't. I don't have. I don't have that uh, all prepped. Oh, out. Then just give me um, the names. I'll do the ADP. All right, uh, McCutcheon, uh, all right. or Carlos Martinez, McCutcheon, hang on, hang on. Mateo. No, 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 I'm doing the I'm doing the ADP after you say each one. Uh, Martinez, one eighty nine. McCutcheon, two oh nine or two oh eight. Go ahead. Jorge Mateo. Mateo, five fifteen. <laughs> Garrett Hampson. Hampson, one sixty four. Rugden Odor. Odor, 176. And Joey Votto. And then Votto at 277, 278 ish there for uh for Justin's guys. I've got one of a White Sox uh, a White Sox starter with Kopech at 259, Dylan C's at 285, Reynaldo Lopez at 300. I ranked them Cease, Lopez, Kopech in terms of potential to do this because of uh, playing time and everything. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., 160, Luke Voigt, 193, Nick Solak, 271, and Tommy Lastella, 286. Now, turn it a little bit negative. We're looking in the top two rounds, top 30-ish picks. We'll allow a little leeway there because guys in the 31 to 35 range are, are pretty regularly going within the top 30, so we're not stringent on that. Um, but we're looking for one who's going to be a lump of coal and actually going to underwhelms so much and not just because of injury but they're actually going to underperform skills wise and be more of around nine ten or later type of guy who have you got in the top two rounds there that's flopping uh i mean this is an easy one it's obviously danny santana that who's already gone 15th in a draft on wait, nfbc wait, this year wait what what's his adp <laughs> though Okay. His ADP is 119. I just wanted to mention the fact that Danny Santana's uh, high pick in the draft champions oh uh, so far this year is God. the 15th pick. So. That's crazy. That, that is not your actual pick. By the way, before you give your actual pick, give your backup one that you did. Because you mentioned him earlier. You said you've been hating him for years. Glaber Torres. Okay, but that, that's not uh, your official. But what, what is your concern on him still? I mean, my concern is, I mean, what he did last year was just beat the hell out of the Orioles. He did uh, do that. Yeah. Now, they're not going like, anywhere. Exactly. And that's in one of the things I wrote in my second base ranks. And I put him at the top of my second base okay. ranks. So, like, people uh, pe- people don't don't jump all over me. Is that uh, he he murdered the, the Orioles to the tune of a 394, <laughs> 1.05 triple slash. That was against the Orioles. That's what he did last against, year. And they got rid of their best pitcher. Yeah. Um, and versus less rest of the league, he was 267, 316, 470. Oh my. Uh, so, like, I'm not saying he can't repeat it. But uh, like I, I think that if the Orioles just decide to bean him every at bat against them, then he's not going. Toby Peel will be nice, but he won't be able to hit all those homers. Yeah. So okay, but that that was your that was your like uh, cursory or te- um, secondary pick. The hard part, yeah. The hard part with this is the the top thirty are stacked. Yeah. The top thirty five, the top forty are stacked. We, we, we like, love um, these first few rounds, so it is hard to find somebody who we really think is just going to underperform and not not do it via yeah. injury. So it is very, very difficult to pick one. So I uh I cheated a little bit 
um, and I'm okay with that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take uh, Jonathan VR. And the reason I'm going to take VR is because we've seen this before from mm-hmm. him. We've seen a guy have the huge breakout, uh, what, 2016. Uh, and then into Yeah, 17. he hit 19 home runs, uh, stole 62 bases, hit 285. Uh, and then the next year, I mean, it wasn't even that bad of, I mean, awful of a year. Uh, but he hit 11 home runs, uh, 23 stolen bases, and hit 241. Uh, so it's... Like, we could definitely see the drop-off again, and he's moving to a team in Miami that, uh, while should let him run, like, there's no reason to think they won't let him run. He was, They were also t- tied at 24th in team stolen bases last year. And that's True. That's John Bernie. Um, look at look at the second half when Bernie was running. I think that they were mid-pack. Yes, they were, like, 14th or 15th, and I, and I, I got the page up, so I'll... I'll uh, I'll let you know exactly where they were in terms of team stolen bases in the second half. Uh, they were 16. Okay, there you go. Um, but that still like isn't super reassuring. Sure, but it, it was uh, one guy doing all of it, and they let that yeah, one sure. guy run. So I think that they'll let mm-hmm. VR. I and I and I do too. Like I think like in when we when we talked about him uh, being moved over to Miami. The thing I said was like this is one of the best possible scenarios for VR. So like I'm not necessarily saying he's a bad pick, but if I could pick someone, if I'm going to look at the top 30 and go, okay, this is the guy that I think has the best chance of falling off. It, it's it's Jonathan VR, non-injury related. Obviously, if we're talking injuries, then maybe I say Strasburg. Okay, okay, I can see that. Uh, all right, for me, I am going pitcher. And I'm a little bit nervous about Jack Flaherty, folks. How dare you? I know, man. But did you know that he had a 490 ERA through his first 17 starts? I did know that. 90 innings. And then like a negative 6 ERA through the rest of the year where he was just untouchable, which was great. Mm -hmm. Um, I am just nervous about buying into these big second halves. Honestly, this is more of a chill on this price than me truly believing that he's going to melt down. Um, but I could see a much more mediocre season. He's a two pitch guy. If the slider isn't cooking and he's walking guys at more of a, uh, nine to 11% clip, the strikeouts are still going to be there, but I do worry, um, that some bad, bad luck and the walks escalating. And all of a sudden he's a three sixty ERA one, 20 whip guy which is still good don't get me wrong that's still good it would probably take a home run spike to really flop Mm -hmm. but it doesn't take that many leaps to get to a tough season for for jack flaherty and it certainly doesn't take much to say that he's wildly overpriced at pick 24 overall and there's no chance i'm paying that so um when it comes to ace you know developing aces I, I kind of always want to be wrong when I go against one just because I, I'm obsessed with pitching and I love watching these guys develop. And I don't say that to couch it. If I'm wrong, I'll eat it. I'm wrong. But I just don't see it in, in 2020. Um, I don't see the full-scale ace season start to finish for Jack Flaherty. I'm out for 2020. He's How dare I? I dare I dare very much to do that. Yeah, in the second half, he had one start. One start. With more than two yep. walks, hundred and sixteen. And did he have any? In those four, did he have 
any with more than two earned runs or three earned runs? He had he had one start with three earned runs versus Milwaukee, but uh, he struck out. 10 Utterly insane, dude. I mean, it was just yeah. a monstrous second half. One, one of yeah, one of his two or both of his losses came versus Milwaukee in that second. Because they're awesome. Who knew? Um, yeah. So again, more more to the point. Don't pay this price. It, it's way overpriced. Secondarily, careful. You're not concerned at all by two two pitches and just betting on a second. You don't learn from betting on these second halves. I mean, here's the thing, and we've talked about this before, is I am not going to end up with a lot of shares of Jack Flaherty only because my, my strategy in drafts uh, outside of my draft champions where I uh, was gifted – uh, Max Scherzer, like midway through the second round. Gross. Um, like I got Max Scherzer at twenty-one. Absolutely vile. Um, after starting at Louis Lindor. Stop. Uh, so, Stop bragging, please. It's hurting my feelings. But typically, it's going to be weight on starting pitcher, sure. and so he's going to be long gone. Like, it's I I can't imagine there are going to be many times I take a pitcher in the first two rounds. So like I'm not going to get any shots at, at Flaherty. Flaherty's you know max pick so far has been 32 like he's just not going to end up on my teams it doesn't mean i don't love him and i don't think he's a great uh starting pitcher but like the difference between jack flaherty and like chris paddock and luis castillo isn't 20 picks yeah okay and so like i'm just gonna wait on guys like that uh and really load up my offense because you know one of the things we talked about off air is like you look at the top thirty, top thirty, you know, two, top thirty-three, something like that, in terms of where guys are going, and there's not a lot of landmines. And then you start looking into the third round, and there's guys I love, yeah. but there are landmines. Austin Meadows is a guy who is I, I took in this draft champions that I'm referencing. Uh, if you don't believe he's a landmine, like there, there's landmine potential with him, you're fooling yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got a huge history of injury issues. Major. I love Alvarez, uh, but obviously we, we saw him really struggle in the playoffs. You know, does that carry over in the same way it carried over for Bellinger in year two? There's potential. I mean, Mondesi, obviously lots of landmines. Chris Sale, injury landmines. Kessin Hira, you know, sophomore slump landmines. So very often I'm just going to get two really, really safe guys in my first two rounds. Uh and then, then I'll start looking at pitching. Okay, I can get behind all of that. Uh, I think that makes some some good clean sense there. I do want to say this: one little thing that we're seeing float around right now is that the Reds are the latest to talk to the Cleveland Indians about Francisco Lindor. Let's with go with the idea that uh, Nick Senzel and Jonathan India might be a part of that deal. And I mean, oh my God, do frankly, it! Yeah, like that Reds team is going to be so fun to watch. Dude, if they got him. That if they got Lindor, oh my god, dude. That I don't know how. I mean, like, you aren't just trading the face of your fan- franchise. You're one of the this faces like of baseball. Faces of Major League yeah, Baseball. Dude. Like, this, that smile is like, that smile should be on the Major League Baseball logo. It really just should. Print it on the, like, Isn't you that know, his nickname, on Mr. The, smile? Yeah. Like, he is. He is he is like the star like that Major League Baseball can really market. He's, he's great, uh, dude. I, I I love Lindor, and if I'm Cincinnati, like 
so I the, I clicked it because he's trending. Senzel is, and one of the first messages says, "I can't trade six years of Senzel for two of Lindor." I can. Yes, you can. You can trade a career of Senzel. I can, dude. Yes, do it. You do it now. And apparently, like, um, you know, and, Jonathan and India really Lindor. hasn't done well as a minor leaguer either. So no, he's really strong. Yeah, and then you pay Lindor. You're right. You're right. Like, get, use these two years to build that, and it do, it doesn't guarantee anything. But it undeniably does build a relationship that gives you the opportunity. You have a, a full idea of what the player wants, and and you go. You're not coming you, you in. You make blind. the trade, and then you 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 lay down uh, Anthony Rendon's contract in front yep. of him and go sign this, please. We're just going to change the yep. name. I agree. Like, we're going to lock you up forever. I agree, dude. Yeah, I'm. Listen, I like Senzel too, but talk about injury history and everything. I do that. Yeah. I do that in a second. With, and even if Senzel reaches his potential, he's like Lindor. You know, he's not Lindor. Well, yeah, like best, just, at the very, very like, best, he could be Lindor. I don't even think he is. Like I don't. I think. I think if 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 Senzel hits his ceiling, he's not what Lindor is. Mm-hmm. Like so. I like this is a team that obviously wants to compete now. Is in a division with a very very tough division, but a division that the Cardinals don't seem to want to spend money. The the Brewers don't seem to want to spend real money. Uh, the Pirates don't spend any money. The Cubs don't seem to want to spend money. Yeah, apparently they're like, poor all of a sudden. Like, yeah, so, like, why not? Like, just go for broke. Like, I mean, just do it and go get your championship. Bro, um, I am I am with this. I am with this. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, stay tuned on the, uh, on the Lindor trade rumors. But that's going to wrap us up. Might be for the year. We'll, we'll talk about seeing what's what. Uh, maybe on the thirtieth, thirty first. I'll be gone next yeah, week. Yeah, no, I, I. Oh, you're gone yeah. next week. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll sit down with Jason. Okay. So because uh, you can still post while yes, you're gone, right? And maybe we'll, we'll talk offline. Maybe we could rendezvous Monday. Yeah, I could probably. Okay, do that. we'll figure that out then. But uh, otherwise, man, great talking with you and. Uh, have a have a happy holiday if we don't talk before then. Ho ho ho.